Good morning. You glad to be here? Well, the amen was better than the good morning, so I guess we'll take it. Amen. How many of you have you ever felt like, now, young people, you won't understand what I'm saying unless you like old music. But of you adults, how many of you have ever felt like you're a 45 and they're playing you on 33 and a third? That's kind of where I was last night I am this morning. I had told Pastor Kenny, and he didn't let me know. He just he didn't understand what I was doing. And then a couple of things. I was preparing because a message, a special message for this morning, for Memorial Day. And my son Michael looked at me last night. What are you preaching, Dad? And I said, I'm doing this. And he goes, Did Dad? You're talking about soldiers. You got illustrations for that and people dying. And he goes, It's Labor Day. Okay. So I promise you, you're not getting a Labor Day message, but you're not getting a Memorial Day message either. So to lighten you up before we start, okay, I can't remember how long ago it was I read some of these. You can find them online. In the meantime, open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. You can. These are actual bloopers. I know uh, James DeFerio reads some of these sometimes. These are actual bloopers that appeared in various church bulletins. This afternoon, this is the first bulletin. This afternoon there will be a meeting in the south and north ends of the church. Children will be baptized at both ends. (laughs) This being Easter Sunday, we will ask Mrs. Johnson to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. The service will close with little drops of water. One of the ladies will start and the rest of the congregation will join in. (laughs) All right. Tomorrow, some of you will be eating this. It's Labor Day. It's one of the last days you you think about having those picnic lunches and stuff. And for (laughs) this, it could be our church. Okay. It says a bean supper will be held on Saturday evening in the church basement. Music will follow. (laughs) tonight's sermon what is hell come early and listen to our choir practice (laughs) one more because we we consider this as a church that's reaching trying to help people says don't let worry kill you off let the church help (laughs) okay open your bibles to matthew chapter i mean matthew to genesis chapter one genesis chapter one If I misquote something, I want you to know I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I must have said five or six times Wednesday night, my necessary bread. And it went out over the waves, the airwaves. Pastor Kenny had fun with me in the Sunday school hour because of that. (laughs) He didn't go (coughs) during the service, he just let me go, okay? Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse... Nine. And God said, Let there be waters under the heaven, let the the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding her fruit after his kind 
whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Now jump to verse 29 of the same chapter, chapter 1. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And I got thinking after I realized I wasn't preaching on Memorial Day that the, my wife and my son, they've been looking. We love, or I should say my wife loves, I love to eat what comes from it, but canning fruits and vegetables and different things. And I know peaches are starting getting ripe, so I'm going to be going getting a, at least a, a half bushel, maybe a bushel of, of peaches to have her can for us. Okay, we do blackberry jam, blackberry jelly, and we freeze berries for pies. Michael says, forget the jam, forget the jelly, just make the pies. Okay, we do raspberries, we freeze peppers, we freeze all these different things. They're all different. Okay, I believe the apple harvest is starting, correct? Okay, you don't know anything about apples, please talk to... Uh, Mr. Getman, by being an expert in many other things, he's an expert on the fruit trees. Okay, I have 10 of them planted on one end of my property, and the only thing I'm trying to do is keep the deer that I attract on other things away from my apple trees. Okay, so we're talking about the fruit harvest, and in our opening text we read about a tree yielding fruit after his kind. One of the basic laws of creation, and you heard a little bit about this in the Sunday school hour if you were here, is that God made things to be separate. Evolution is a lie. Birds produce birds. Fish produce fish. You know, they're so idiotic, they believe that the scales on a fish turn into feathers. That's part of what they teach about evolution. I have yet to see that. Okay? Cows produce cows, dogs produce dogs, monkeys produce monkeys, unless you're an evolutionist and then they produced you. See, evolution is a lie. If it were true, why are we not still seeing evolving stages taking place? If you want to talk about something evolving, people evolve after their kind. Do you know that I would be a giant and rocks would come out of a sling towards me if I was back in David's day, because the average man was about 5'3". So there is changes made, okay? Within the kind, not outside the kind. You know, we don't see, I don't care, they have yet to catch the guy who doesn't shave well, and they call him a Yeti. I would like one of his uh, coolers, though. I want you to know that. You don't see any half-ape men, do you? Because God created each thing after His kind. The same is true of trees. Like I said, apple trees produce. Okay, oaks produce acorns, not apples. Grapevines produce grapes. And our grapes, my wife was checking them. We've got so many, I've got to change over the, the thing we have holding them up. It's broken the two posts. Okay, so we have a lot of canned grape juice. Olive trees produce olives. Trees are separate 
And it's always been that way. Now, man messes with it with cross breeding and pollination. I had laughed, one of those magazines that comes through, it shows, you know, you get the, that certain tree where they've grafted in apple trees and peach trees and pear trees, you know, and they, they graft them together and you get fruit for a little while. But you know what happens to that tree eventually? It reverts back to what it is and its roots because it can't sustain the wrong fruits. You know, they make hybrids, but that's what it is. You know, it's kind of like what the world's trying to do today. We're not sure we are a man or a woman. We're kind of a Mr. In-Between. God didn't make us that way. I thank God that God didn't make me like my wife. You know why? Because can two walk together lest they be agreed? If she was like me, there would never be an argument settled in our house. Okay, so I want you to know, until, you know, we tinker with different things, and in Scripture, mankind is likened, unto, likened spiritually unto what? Trees. Jesus was healing the blind man in Mark chapter 8, verse 24 in Bethesda. And the blind man came, you know, after Jesus had spit in his eyes, and Jesus asked him, he touched him, he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Sometimes, I can tell you right now, my wife truly believes that's true. She does. You know, there's different times she has said to me, because I'm just a little stubborn, a little bit set in my ways, okay? She says, talking to you is like talking to a tree. I get no response, and you still do what you're going to do. So I think she might call me hard maple, or maybe that oak, okay, as hard as an oak. You know, but if we look at the Scriptures, you need to understand, each tree produces what? Fruit after its own kind. This morning, we're going to examine some of the fruit that we find in the Bible in a spiritual connotation. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. First point I want you to know is there's separate fruit. Just as is each person who is saved is important in the body of Christ, important in the church, because you are needed in the way God's called you. Okay, and the eye can't say it's the ear, and the ear can't say it's the mouth, you know, and the, the nose can't say that it's the toes. Every part of your body has a purpose. You know, they did, used to believe the appendix wasn't important until they realized it was part of your autoimmune system. Okay, Romans chapter 6, verse 20. For when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, ye become the servants of God. Ye have your what? So if you're saved, you're supposed to be producing what? Unto holiness in the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this morning that we can come before Your throne. And Father, we've prayed earlier for many people with things going on in their lives and surgeries and recoveries 
in different issues and pregnancies and other things, Father. But this morning, I pray, Father, that you can be glorified, that Jesus can be high and lifted up, and we can see, Father, you make no mistakes. Father, you are perfect in all your ways. And help us, Father, this day to examine the fruit that we produce. Father, that we might bring glory and honor unto you, because that's what we're here for. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Father, it's for your pleasure we're here that you might get all the glory, honor, and power, Father, in that situation. So we pray that you would bless in that. Now, Father, work in our hearts. Father, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, help them to know they're lost and undone without hope and without God in this world, just as we were telling people on the street corners in Wilkett yesterday. Father, we pray that you would bless. Father, also for the saved, help us to know, Father, that we're to have fruit unto holiness. And we'll have everlasting fruit. We don't have to worry about it going bad or being spoiled when it's fruit from God. We're going to harsh to that end in Jesus' name. Amen. And I said separate fruits. You know, some of the separate fruits we find. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 19. Hear, O earth, and behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my word, nor to my law, but rejected it. You're either going to think about what God would have you think about according to His Word. Does this sound familiar, Sunday school students? Or you're going to think like the world. Amen? That's it. And it says the fruit of their thoughts. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Your thoughts lead to your mouth, which leads to your action. I can remember a time when my dad said to me, you know, and it's fun watching it, because I remember my father dealing with me, and I was a distracted little boy. I could, you know, so my grandsons, sometimes if they feel like I'm being hard on them, I just, I know where they are. And I know if they don't get a handle on it, where it can take them. Okay? So I'm just reminding them at different times. But I have fun because... Something I got from my father, and he, he would tell me, he says, man, what are you thinking, boy? And I was laughing the other day because I heard Michael say that not to just one of my grandsons, but to both of them at a different time. Okay? And so, you know, we get caught. What are your thoughts? Okay? The fruit of your thoughts. Do you have idle thoughts? Your mind is just wandering. Do you have thoughts of riches? Well, if I just could get this, I need this. I could. For the love of money is the root of not all kinds. It is not a root. It's the root. You have the right Bible. The root of all evil. Do you understand how that works? Talk to Pastor Kinney. I'll help you understand. Okay? You have thoughts of self. Some people spend so much time dwelling on themselves, they relate everything that's happening to somebody else to themselves first and how it affects them no matter what the person's going through. You ever met one? Sometimes there's thoughts of rebellion. By the time I was 10 years old, I was taller than my father. By the time I was 12... 
I'd been lifting weights for two years to gain coordination. By the time I was 13, I was already 6'3 and a half. Going on 6'4 by the time I turned 14. And I can remember telling my father, you ain't telling me what to do anymore. <laughs> you know the wrong thing to do? is to tell a decorated World War II Marine who understands authority and obedience that you're not going to listen to him. I was rebelling. I was rebelling. You know what rebellion is in the Bible? As witchcraft. It's thoughts of rebellion. How about this? Thoughts of envy. They have it and you don't. How about thoughts of bitterness towards someone else? How about thoughts of hatred? Where's your mind, boy? What do you dwell on? See, there's some separate fruits there. Philippians 4 and verse 8 says, Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are what? Pure. What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a... Boy, do Christians spend a lot of time thinking on things that is not a good report and get all worked up over the things of the world. A good report. If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on what? These things. I think I might have heard this phrase one time coming from Joe. and They're, they're trying to educate me computer-wise. My wife says, honey, please don't touch it. You know, it, I was trying to send an email one day, and I, you know, I, I can text fine now. Okay, I'm even learning emojis. Okay, so sometimes you wonder, all you get from me is a thumbs up because that's all I got to give you. Okay. But Joe looked at me and he says, Giggle, Pastor. And I go, Giggle? Yeah, garbage in, garbage out. Okay. If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. So, separate fruits. How about this? The fruit of the mouth. You thought I was going to talk to you about apples and oranges and bananas. and <laughs> The fruit of the mouth. Proverbs 13, verses 2 and 3. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. But the soul of transgressors shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Some of the best things I've ever said to my wife are the words that I didn't say. Right, honey? I'll look at her and go, and she'll go, James? You sure you want to say that? And I, no. Good boy, here's a treat. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. Your panties are too tight. Okay? A man shall eat the good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of transgressors shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that open wide his lips shall have destruction. 
You know, just a slip of the tongue. You ever, ever said that? Well, it was just a slip of the tongue. I didn't mean anything by it. I didn't mean to say what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, my mouth gets me into more trouble than my actions do. God's called me to be a preacher. You know what we constantly do? Talk to people. You know what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, one of my favorite books for practical Christian life? In a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. Okay? It's in so much trouble. You ever have trouble with the harvest that came about because of the fruit of your tongue? Why is it we can say those things without thinking, not realizing how they hurt somebody, but when it's pointed out to us, then we struggle with taking ownership of those words and saying, that wasn't right, please forgive me. Do you know your salvation is based on forgiveness? It's based on the acknowledgement of your sin and the forgiveness of God. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, clamor be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says this. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You ever have words come back to haunt you? Any man who's married knows, right? You say, why do you say that? Because we say words. Now, again, women have 35,000, approximately 35,000 words a day to say. Men have about 10,000. Why, when they say more, we get in trouble more for what we say? Right? Because we're not thinking about how those words relate to the person we're talking to. I think of Jeff Allen, the comedian at that point, when he's turning around and uh, a fork goes flying by his head and goes boing into the wall and he looks at his wife and says, just, he goes, just tell me what you want me to say. 35,000 words to 10,000? If we had men use 35,000 words, you know how much trouble we'd be in every day? We don't think about some of the words we say because we don't think about how they relate. You know what we do? We problem solve. Not thinking how those words relate to the person who's not looking for you to solve their problem. They're looking for you to listen so that they can talk it out and solve their own problem. And then they'll look at you and think you're the smartest person in the world. Amen? Men, if you don't know that, happy wife, happy life. The fruit of your mouth points to deep problems many times. Turn to the Gospel of Luke. Get Luke 6 in one hand and get James 3 in the other. Can you do that? Find two passages in Scripture? Luke chapter 6. Jesus is speaking and He says, 
in verse 43, For a good tree bringeth forth... What? Not forth corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the the mouth speaketh. Daily, multiple times a day, I ask God to get a hold of my heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You taste those words before you give them. The fruit of your mouth. James chapter 3. Small book, not too far from the book of Revelation. James chapter 3. A little bit longer passage. We're going to read the whole chapter. You ready? You're going to read a whole chapter of Scripture this morning. Maybe if you'd done your Sunday school lessons, you might have read that much this week. James chapter 3. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. With authority comes responsibility. For in many things we offend all. (laughs) Many things we what? Everyone. If a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so that a tongue is, so is the tongue among our members. See of your body, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature as it set on fire of hell. For every kind, remember, fruit after their own kind, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. We are not the same as them. Amen? But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Do you think God is emphasizing that enough? Therewith we bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Especially if you're driving down that road and that person cuts you off turns out on a four-way stop sign before they're supposed to, takes your parking spot, or runs up your heels with their shopping cart because they were talking to the lady next to them. Say, why do you say that? Because it happened. I did not want to turn around and say, praise God, here's a track. (laughs) 
Doth the fountain send forth at same, the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine figs? So can, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. We've been working quite a while on the Mike and Carla's property. And I thank God that the Castor family is into the well drilling business. I'm into the water finding business and not the well drilling business. Because they drilled the first well, they thought they found water. They went down, I think, 120, 130 feet, but they hit salt water. It's no good. The well was going to cost probably $7,000, but the water was no good. So Helen's dad said, Pastor Legault, I need to talk to you about the well, because we're getting it done before Mike and Carla were here yet. And he goes, you really can't use that water for anything. It'll kill the plants. It'll plug your filters. There's so much salt, it's unusable. We're not charging you the fee for that well. Just pay for the gas that we had to use to run the the motor for the, the drill and pay for the steel that went in the ground for the pipe. Then they went all over the property. We went down the hill, found this place, and they found four veins coming together in a place we were never looking for water because it's 100 yards down the hill, isn't it, from the house, Mike? Down in this gully. And it hit sweet water. And so they charged for that. Because you know what? You won't find sweet and bitter water flowing out of the same well. What flows out of you? For out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this they spake of the Holy Ghost. It was yet to come. Out of the abundance of the heart. Doth a fountain send forth at same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man? You understand that? Wise man, wise woman. It's talking about mankind. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show forth a good conversation. That's a matter of life. That's not just what he says, but it includes what he says. A good conversation, his works with meekness and wisdom. You know something, what you know about meek people? They don't talk as much. But, ye have, but if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. See, it's about the world. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and then peaceable. 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 I wonder what that means. Gentle. Do you wonder what that means? And easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good... What? fruits without partiality and without being phony 
hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace from them that what? Make peace. Your mouth can also produce blessings if God's got your heart. Because if He's got your heart, then He's going to have your mouth. Get an illustration of a famous missionary from a bygone era. That's, this is a story told of Robert Moffat. He was a pioneer missionary to South Africa. He'd gone and By then, they traveled back and forth by ship. Months of travel from England to Africa and then across the continent. And he came back to England to recruit more missionaries to take with him and to return to Africa. When he arrived in London, in Great Britain, he arrived in the middle of a cold British winter. He arrived at a church in the middle of a storm where he was supposed to speak. And he noted that only a small group braved the weather to hear his appeal. He was more disturbed by the fact that only ladies show up that night. Only ladies showed up, no men. To top it off, this is his text. He chose Proverbs 8.4 as his text. Unto you, O men, I call. He almost failed to notice one small boy sitting in the organ loft who came to help with the organ. Moffat felt helpless as he gave his message. He knew that few women could undergo the rigors of serving in the, un, in the under parts in the jungles of Africa. But God had His mouth and God works in His own ways. None of the women volunteered to go to Africa. But the young boy helping with the organ was thrilled by the message. One young boy with a group of small women he determined to follow in the footsteps of Moffat. He went to school. He earned a degree and became a doctor of medicine. He went back to Africa and spent his life ministering to the unreached tribes there. What was his name? David Livingston. Whose heart is in Africa. What if Moffat had decided to scrap his message because it didn't seem to fit his audience, but it was the message God gave to him? So what was the fruit of his mouth that day? David Livingston turned Africa upside down. Multiple churches in multiple nations in that country today because of the work that he did. Question. Has God got your mouth? Is it speaking for Him? So you have the fruit of your thoughts. You have the fruit of your mouth. Turn to Proverbs chapter 1.
Proverbs chapter 1. <laughs> I travel around to go to places, whether it's the hospital or meet someone to talk to them or whatever, and I get hungry and you can just ask <laughs> Gwen because they turn in the receipts from the different fast food restaurants. The one I try to avoid the most is McDonald's, but sometimes that's the only one there. And it's either chew off my fingers or eat at McDonald's. You say, but they got the best fries. Yeah, but they got the worst burgers. Okay. So I look for Burger King because I get more food there than I do at Wendy's. And you know what the saying of Burger King is? Have it your way. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the street. She crieth in the chief place of the concourse. In the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have said it not all my counsel. In other words, they didn't. They rejected it. And would none of my reproof. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Has that changed because the government says it's changed? I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They will, shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. This past Friday night they showed what? Esther from Sight and Sound. I can remember when they showed Noah. 120 years building the ark. A preacher of righteousness. And they rejected him and rejected him until something changed that they hadn't seen before because it never rained, if you read your Bible, up until that time. And the rain is pouring down and they're beating on the doors that God has shut. Let us in. We believe you now. Let us in. Let us in. And then the cry stopped. Because it's too late. It's too late. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way. The what? Fruit of their way. Their own way. The fruit of their way. Whatsoever man sows. I find it amazing you go to the street corner and you preach and someone comes up and they're upset but they'll talk to you and they start blaming God because bad things came in their life and you get talking to them and you find out it's the fruit of what? Their choices. 
What you sow, you reap that fruit. Sowing and reaping, you sow one thing, you reap what you sow, but you reap a lot more of what you sowed. Right? Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. I just got to do this. Well, God's Word says, I don't care, I need to do this. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of the fool shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So have it your own way. That's Burger King religion. The fruit of our own way, the fruit of our own works, the fruit of our own doings. Proverbs 16.25 There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the one end, many ways. Have it your way. You know, a person's... I want you to know this. I can't judge your intentions. If you believe you can, you're better than any other human. You can't read their heart. God does. God knows their thoughts. I don't know them. I can't assume to know them. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts will be established. You know, a person's way outside of Jesus Christ is generally seen by the works it produces. What does it produce? Isaiah 64 and verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The world's not getting better and better. I think first and second law of thermodynamics was mentioned in the Sunday school class. It's not getting better. I got big to a certain age, and then it started falling apart. Amen? You feel like it's falling apart yet? Don't worry, one day you'll get there. Yes, John and I, you know, we pray, we're praying, even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen? What's the answer to, to Biden? <laughs> All dogs don't go to heaven. But we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Proverbs 12.12 The wicked desireth the net of evil men. The wicked desireth the net of evil men. But the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. In a moment we're going to go to John 15. So go ahead and turn there. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, your root is you. And God says you're a corrupt tree that cannot produce good fruit no matter how hard you try. There's always a caveat tied to it. If you're here today and you're saved, because there's only two types of people. Lost people and saved people, as far as God sees them. In the world, there's the Jew, the Gentile, and the church of God. Two types of people. 
If you're saved, Jesus is your root. He's your vine and you're the branch. If you stay hooked up to the vine, fruit comes. If you get broken off or separated, which happens to so many believers, what happens to their fruit? It withers and dies. It breaks my heart when I hear a Christian, you're trying to restore and bring them back, and they say, I used to. I used to. But I can't do that anymore. It's just cost too much. It's gone too far. I know I'm saved, but I'm not sure that God could forgive me. Talking with a man yesterday. Saved man. Pushed him for his testimony. And he looked at me, and then he dropped his head. And he said, sometimes I wonder with what I've done if I could have truly been saved. He said, where are you at now? And he goes, not the same place. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You've got to stay tied to the vine. John 15. I've got about six messages out of John 15. I haven't preached them in years because Tony Saxon has preached out of John 15 ten different times in this church. I don't mean ten messages. I mean ten different series of messages. He goes to different places and he runs back to this. John chapter 15. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine. My Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And it goes from much fruit to more fruit. You keep looking at it. We're stopped there. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me you can do nothing. What fruit are you producing? Do you realize, parents, that children are your fruit? I grew up in a church and they taught me to do Hail Marys and Our Fathers. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Jesus. Your children are fruit. What kind of fruit? Do they love God? Do they love souls? Or do they love things? In their natural state, they love things they have to be taught of god don't they what kind of fruit proverbs 31 yeah but you don't know i've messed up my life i can't be a proverbs 31 and anymore on oh, nuts you're a new creature in christ start from where you are let god be the one who declares you you don't have to listen to the accusations of people. Right. 
Proverbs 31, verse 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be what? Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. The fruit of her own hands. You know, the home life is fruit of a woman. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. The fruit of a woman, home life. What kind of fruit? You need to understand, there's some women who gave their lives for their children. They tried to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But because of the free will God gives to every man, sometimes what happens? Fruit goes bad. It's on the tree, and it goes bad. You can't pick it, or you pick it, throw it away. But the, true, the, fruit is, the tree is healthy. It's produced other good fruit. Everything is there, and this one thing got caught by the world, and maybe one insect came by and hit that one fruit, and it was ruined. So I'm not holding every woman for accountable for everything that their children do. So don't take it from there. But if they generally all are struggling, either one or both people in the marriage, if there is a marriage, because sometimes that's the problem, are not living for God. Amen? Colossians chapter 1, verse 5. I think we'll start at verse 3. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have towards all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth what? So they've heard the word of truth of the gospel, and what happens when that's proclaimed out? It brings forth what? Context, fruit. As it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Spreading the gospel produces fruit. Souls one for Christ. I thank God for this church. There's a lot of spreading the gospel in many different ways, and there's not a lot spreading gossip. If there is, God couldn't bless. I'm not saying we're free of it. I'm not saying I'm totally free of it. If you think you're totally free of gossip, check every word you say about someone else. Amen? So this is, a, this is what they call a shotgun message. I've loaded it with not buck, buckshot number four. There's not enough pellets. This is like a number seven bird load. Okay. Proverbs eleven thirty: The fruit of the righteous is a, is a what tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Question: Are you trying to win souls? 
I didn't say you had to win souls. I said, are you trying to reach people for Christ? Because we're all commanded to do so. To not do so is to rebel against the direct revealed word of God. For ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Samaria, right? Unto the uttermost parts of the world. Is your fruit spiritual, Christian, of the, or is it of the flesh? One last passage, Galatians chapter 6. And you know I had to go there. So please stand. Galatians chapter 6, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, they're openly known. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. See, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Hatred. Galatians chapter 5. Excuse me, I said 6, didn't I? Yes. Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh and the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. The blind man, when he started to see, said, I see men as trees walking. What are your roots in? Are you saved? Is Jesus your vine? If you're not sure if you were to die today, that heaven would be your home, we invite you to come. We'll have someone show you from the Word of God how that you can know that you have eternal life. Not maybe, not hope so, no so. If you're saved, what's the fruit of your mouth? What's the fruit of your way? What fruit are you producing unto God? What's the fruit of your thoughts? Where does that lead you? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If God's speaking to your heart this morning, I'm not a fruit inspector of other people. Because my Bible tells me, and you think of the communion service of the Lord's table, let every man so examine him. Garbage in, garbage out. Do you taste your words before you say them? Are you doing what you can as God reveals it to you to glorify Him. The choice is yours. Heavenly Father, I thank You for the opportunity to preach Your Word. Father, there's a great fruit harvest coming, and I don't mean the apple trees and the peach trees, the plums, and Father, any of the other fruit. I'm talking about the fruit of the Christian walk. 
All a lost people only produce corrupt fruit. They can't bring forth good fruit. And their works, Father, won't even be tested like ours at the judgment seat of Christ. They go to the great white throne. But ours, Father, will be tested of what sort they are. Help us, Father, to be always attached to the vine and that the words of our mouth may bring praise, honor, and glory to the one who saved our souls. Work in his invitation, him, and we'll thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen.